Hello everyone, welcome back to the Healing Growth Podcast. My name is Saiton Riga. This is a podcast where we talk about healing trauma in an African faith context. Thank you for joining me this week. This is the one about pregnancy and mental health. Shout out to all the listeners on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Anchor, and Spotify. I am so grateful to have you and listening and sharing your feedback. Do share the podcast with your friends, rate it, and let us know what you think. Today's episode is about pregnancy and mental health. This is something that's dear to me, and I welcome you on the journey. So I will go through the cultural attitudes about pregnancy, and then I will discuss statistics on mental health and pregnancy. And we will go into the factors around what causes mental health issues, and then finally, how we can support pregnant women in our community and in our families and around us. The cultural attitudes we grew up with around pregnancy and children as Africans is largely that children are a blessing. Children belong to the community and that they are the pride of the family. Many of us come from grandparents who had six or more siblings and they themselves had four more children and then our parents and then us. In some places, there were definitely the issues of preferring one sex to another, and there's a whole lot of unpacking on a personal level and a societal level as to how that played out in your individual families. In Africa, Kenya is one of the countries that has a lower birth rate, with about 27 children per 1,000, as opposed to the highest country in Africa, which has 48 children per 1,000 people. There are many factors for this, but I find more and more discussions in online spaces about having children, putting thought into finances, emotional and mental preparation, as well as just the cost of living. All these have affected how it is younger generations look at having children and pregnancy and all those things. When it comes to personal thoughts about pregnancy, I come from a generation of Kenyans, um, I think 80s, 70s and maybe a bit of the early 90s who were really traumatized about having children young. It was not everyone, but many of us have in our circles people who had their babies young and who had to deal with a whole lot of ostracization or living difficult lives as they were punished socially in different ways for quote-unquote shaming the family. For me, these stories were horrific. And by and large, I feel like there's a lot there was a lot going on in terms of society and how we looked at pregnancy in that time. There were also the situations where the early pregnancies pitted the parents against each other because there was all sorts of shame and blame around having children who were pregnant that young. By and large, when the babies came, there was often a change of heart. However, regardless of what happened in the end, I still think that these mothers and fathers who had babies young need to get therapy and process properly the fear they felt, the uncertainties, the treatment from their parents and maybe extended family and even the church and wider society. They need to process the quick growing up they had to do and what they missed out on because now they were responsible for a baby. 
I think all those pains and conflicted feelings are valid. And it is important for you to process what happened to you back then to be at peace with yourself and to be able to show up as a better parent for your child or children if you have more. These unspoken things can often cause a lot of resentment for your child or for your parents or even for yourself. So work through it, especially now that many of you are in positions to be able to afford this. If not, if it's something that you can't afford, look into even getting books that talk about this and journaling so that you can be able to work through it by yourself. When it comes to having children, as we got older, for many of the 80s and older African children, your parents go from completely banning or discouraging same opposite sex relationships and asking you to focus on your studies and then your career and then your master's to suddenly asking about marriage and children. It's a drastic change and there's the unspoken expectation that everyone wants to have children. I'm a firm believer in praying and working through your feelings and emotions around parenting and pregnancy, but this isn't something that we do or talk about. Even sometimes for people who are adamant that they don't want children, they're not always aware that for some of them, this is a result of childhood trauma, abandonment and neglect. I think that healing may change your opinions as well. Having children involves a lot, and I think working through the issues of your childhood will put you in a better stead to cope with whatever comes your way. There are things we need to think about when it comes to having children. How you want to bring them up, what sort of life you would like to give them, what sort of values you'd like to share with them. If you are a single parent or you plan to be one, what about your children wanting to know the absent parent and that side of the family? And... What about them choosing to do so as they become adults if it's something that you're not open to when they're younger? How do you heal from relationships where you are neglected and abandonment, abandoned so that you don't take it out on your child? How do you have age-appropriate conversations about the absent parent? And how do you create a village of role models of the same sex as the absent parent so that your child actually has the support that they need? How do you deal with your child's feelings of grief and abandonment? And make sure that you are the safe person that they come and talk to. Instead of being af so afraid of discussing it with you that they go to other people who may or may not know or understand. There's definitely a lot here and I'm mentioning all of this so you can think about it and go work through your individual situation. When it comes to statistics on mental health and pregnancy, we don't actually have a lot of this. When I researched, I found in the UK, it's reported that 10 to 15% of women, pregnant women, suffer from mental health conditions. But the honest truth is that the figure is likely to be much higher because many do not get help or recognize that there is something wrong. Stanford University puts the statistic at 20%, which is basically one out of every five women. I'm sure for Kenya, in as much as we don't have the statistics, we all may know one or two or even more pregnant women who did struggle with their mental health while pregnant. Today, I'd like to focus on the antenatal or prepartum, which is a pregnancy period. And in the next podcast, I would like to talk about the fourth trimester, birth trauma and mental health and all the things that come together with that.
In my view, the biggest part of understanding pregnancy and mental health starts with understanding what's going on with a pregnant woman's body and mind, as well as her social relationships and the life occurrences around her. To start with, pregnancy makes your hormones go into overdrive. The body will produce more progesterone, which is to prevent early contractions and loosen joints and muscles for your body to accommodate the, the baby's growth. However, progesterone can also cause sadness and is what causes fatigue and sluggishness as well. Estrogen is also produced in increased amount and it works throughout the body, but it is also a key component that affects the part of the brain that controls mood, so it can cause or influence irritability, anxiety, and even depression. When you add to that that the fatigue of the first trimester and struggles to sleep and rest, it can be a lot to manage. This doesn't even talk about the constant nausea that some go through or even something like hypermeresis gravida, which is a condition that makes pregnant women have extreme nausea all nine months. I've known even some women who get admitted because of hypermeresis because they're then losing weight and unable to keep any nutrition down for themselves and the baby. All these can come together to create a difficult situation for a pregnant mother. Some of the other bigger factors affecting mental health for pregnant mothers is their relationships. Relationships with the father of her child, relationships with her parents and siblings, relationships with her other children, relationships with her friends, and relationships at work. If her relationship with the father of her child is not a supportive one, this instantly can bring a lot of stress. Especially if it is an emotionally, physically, or financially abusive one, it means that she has a lot of con other concerns that will weigh on her deeply. Even if the relationship is good, if there were previous concerns that have not been discussed, this can add weight. It is advisable to have these discussions early enough and with extra grace and patience because it is an important time and because also the hormonal effect on pregnancy does also create a slightly delicate situation. There is great need for reassurance and calm, confirmation of love, care and presence. It is my prayer that those who don't have stability in this particular aspect are able to get a community that is supportive. Another thing that um, is an issue is that sometimes there are the pregnancy Olympics where people are looking to compare who had it worse, who suffered more, who had the most horrific or traumatic story. And at its core, these are women who did not feel heard and sympathized with and are still looking for that validation of what they went through. What I can say is if this is you, get therapy. You definitely need to work through it so that you can be able to heal and even be able to support the new pregnant women in your own circle. One of the unfortunate things about how people compare pregnancies is that it sometimes can become a reason to bully a pregnant woman. How she feels and what she's complaining about is valid. People are not the same and pregnancies are not the same. Even for the same woman, her first pregnancy and her third pregnancy might be completely different. We need to have patience and grace for women who are carrying life. One of the least talked about causes or reasons that mental health can be affected while pregnant is childhood trauma. Carrying life 
puts you in a situation where you actually actively recall what your own early childhood was, even the things that you had buried and the things that you had more or less put in a box and moved on from life. The reality of a parent who hurt you or abused you being in your child's life is something that many of us don't consider. Reliving this and trying to navigate your own feelings around this or how you would like this parent to be present or not present, involved and not involved, can be a huge factor for many pregnant women. Some pregnant women are not even able to think that far because the bodies remember and are triggered by the experiences they had with their parents. And this means that they're carrying an extra amount of anxiety and sadness that they have not traced back to this. Another thing is how your father was towards your mother when she was pregnant. The uncertainties, the pain, the confusion you had as a child, because you're now able to recall it, might be something that you project towards your partner if you're not careful, because you're not realizing that this is not about your partner, but about the feelings that you carried as a child. Again, journal, read books about this, see a therapist, talk to people. At the very least, inquire of yourself the root of the emotions that you're feeling. I feel like emotions are for your information, for you to see that there's something deeper there and for you to dig deeper and find out what the true root of the emotion is and to process that and deal with that. Boxing away emotions hardly ever leads to resolution and you will still carry it in your heart, your mind and in your body. Another thing to look at is to talk to your mother about how she was when pregnant. If she was depressed while pregnant with you, genetically it might increase the likelihood that you may be as well. It is a difficult conversation sometimes, but I would say talk about it so that you're informed about what you can do and even just begin the journey of healing. You don't know what you will, will uncover and some of it needs time for you to work on. So I would say whether or not you want to have children, start this journey of finding out this information, healing, discussing with your partner what this means, because all of these have an ultimate effect on your pregnancy and how you parent and how you show up for yourself and for your partner. Life situations such as financial insecurity, housing insecurity, job insecurity and dysfunctional family relationships are also situations that affect mental health for pregnant women and single mothers. There's also greater depression and anxiety recorded among mothers who have gone through pregnancy loss in the past or who are parents of children with special needs. If you are one of these or if you have somebody like this in your circle, extra support and just encourage them to go and seek help or talk to a therapist or even just talk to their friends. Even mothers of multiples can have high anxiety on how to make things work financially or even practically. Oftentimes it is family and friends who come to the rescue, but we all know people who did not get this or fell through the cracks. The challenge is honestly how much less of community that we have in this modern world and how hard it has been to create community-based solutions for ourselves because the cost of living and just the capitalistic society we live in has led us to lead mostly individualistic lives and yet we require each other to make things work 
And not having a social community safety net makes it harder for so many of us, harder than it needs to be. So how do we support ourselves and the pregnant women around us? The truth is their mental health is not something that we can focus on alone. We need holistic, all-rounded solutions and care since everything affects it. I would start with joy and care in form of a listening ear to start with, let them share their anxieties and commit to finding solutions if they need that or even praying with them. Believe them and what they feel and what they are afraid of and what they're experiencing and walk through that with them. Encourage them to talk about their mental health at the clinic with the doctors and nurses because most times they have seen this before. They have solutions that can be implemented and support that we don't even know because we haven't asked. Another really important aspect is nutrition. And this is one many of us can contribute to. Whatever she's craving um, or supplying healthy food or snacks because many times nausea affects her ability to cook. For me, the hot oil on the chapati pan was the worst thing for me, as were onions and garlic when it comes to cooking. And so I needed help and I'm thankful for the many people who are around me who just, you know, took that away and made it easier for me to, to, to not have to deal with this. Nutrition is one of the things that we have lost as a society. Traditionally, um, we had women who understood what to feed pregnant women, what type of nutrition she needed, and all of these things worked together at creating not just a bet, better mood, but also enhancing her health and the baby's health while pregnant. It is my prayer that we're able to read up more, gain more knowledge and support each other in this. Another thing that I think is really important is intergenerational relationships. Many of us in the cities or abroad, or those who don't have mothers close by, or those who have lost their mothers, experience a deep lack of care and nurturance during pregnancy. There's a space for older women to step in for the younger women near them, even their daughter's friends, nieces, or even neighbors. I find that one of the biggest losses of our generation is a lack of information that was passed down through the care of both a pregnant and nursing mother. One of my friends benefited from a woman who taught her lactation and breastfeeding, which is something that, if you go online, so many new mothers struggle with. This lady had over 30 years of experience and all the knowledge on how to stimulate um, breast milk production, one of the things that is not common knowledge for new mothers. Another of my best examples of this is Mary, mother of Jesus, when she was informed about her pregnancy with, Je with Jesus, she was also told by the angel that her cousin Elizabeth, who was many years older than her, was pregnant. And she went immediately to her and stayed for three months. I can imagine it was Elizabeth who taught her everything she needed to know about being a new mother and even delivery because she technically gave birth with just her husband. That knowledge is invaluable to new mothers and it is my prayer that there'd be more spaces where women can discuss these things and pass on the knowledge and be able to pick and choose what they will go through and even understand the reasons for some of these things. Too often we dismiss them as myths, but some of them, many of them actually, have very clear science behind it. It is just that it's not been able to be explained to us in ways that we are able to understand. Employers, 
Now, this is a controversial one. As many times, we already know the discrimination pregnant women go through in getting jobs or even the workload that they get. My challenge to you, if you are an employer, is to value human life more than money. Ensure that you create policies that allow pregnant women to thrive and by extension, all your employees. Now, this is countercultural, but important. The truth is people are more productive and creative when they're not in fight or flight survival mode. We live in a time when creativity is what makes businesses leapfrog to new levels rather than doing the same thing over and over again. People are more creative when they are not stressed and when they are at peace and have the inherent ability and freedom to create. So as you create better environments for your pregnant employees, recognize that you're doing this for all your employees. There are too many stories of employers being so stressful or situations that even cause endangerment to the life of the pregnant women. And as someone who has unfortunately been in that situation, I'm passionate about seeing a change here. Another way to support pregnant women with their mental health is escape tools. For those who are in abusive situations and need to leave, help them. Be patient. It sometimes takes up to seven times before they leave, although for very many others, being pregnant is a defining moment that makes them make the decision to actually leave and start afresh. For those who can afford this or are in positions of authority to create this, create therapy options or support groups or pay for someone's therapy. This is something so necessary, especially for women who really, really need that sort of help, support them. Another thing, for women who suffer from tocophobia, this is the fear of childbirth. I put myself here because I was terrified about giving birth. And I feel like if it wasn't for God giving me guidance, I'm not sure I would have made it. But this is what I did. And you can enhance this and you can look into other situations. Number one, I refused to listen to traumatic birth stories. I only end up, ended up listening to one by accident, and it was from a friend who also had trauma from her first birth. For her, the solution ended up being seeking diff a different method of, of birthing from her doctor, which worked for her. For me, because I was very set on having a natural birth, and because I was so afraid, I found a doula who did classes explaining the process in a scientific way and in a way that did not scare me. My husband was part of the classes and I was able to even plan a birth plan with the options because there's what you want and there's what can happen. And so just being aware of that put me at greater ease. Another thing that I did was plan my baby shower, or at least what I wanted. I told a friend who was planning it to make it about praying over the baby and the childbirth process because too many showers end up being the only place where traumatized women can relive their experience. And while it is helpful to some extent for them, it doesn't exactly put the new mother in a good frame of mind. Preparing your birth plan and knowing what you can do to make the birth easier through maybe exercising or eating certain things definitely helps. Even though things may not go as planned, you're still better prepared mentally. And that is what one of the best things that you can do for yourself. The only other thing my research has added is talking to your doctor and a therapist to help you manage if the fear is crippling. 
Another thing that I would say, um, for a mother who's clearly going through antenatal depression, the signs may be a decrease in interest in the things that they love, a lack of care in terms of going to being diligent about going to the clinic and things like that, excessive sleeping or fatigue, irrational or anxious thoughts, feelings of hopelessness, guilt, sadness, and numbness. Those around her need to ensure that her, doc her doctor is aware and involved, as well as they ensuring that they spend time with her, doing things like taking walks which are known to improve mood, reducing whatever her care load is, and just making sure that she is in therapy. It's not the end of the world if this is a the situation. There's so much you can do to pull together around a pregnant mother who's dealing with something like this. And this is a lifeline for so many. So be the lifeline. For many of us, church is our biggest community. And I would say creating solutions for pregnant women and resources is something that the church can easily do. It could be as simple as creating a mini library that has books around pregnancy, um, delivery, and the fourth trimester for the new mom and her partner, or having contact lists for professionals who attend the church, like midwives, doulas, or doctors. And if they want to do, go a step further, connecting the older generation to the younger generation so that they can have the knowledge passed on. For example, for me, I was gifted prayers for pregnant women by someone in my church. I've made it... Um, a mission to pass this on to all the pregnant women that I come across. I also met with my doula through the church space, but I do go to a, a smaller church. So for bigger ones, this is something that can be a specific way to reach out to the families in your midst. For partners, talk to older men who are present and involved fathers. Many of them understand what the process of pregnancy has been like, and they have a lot of knowledge that they can share on how to step up and what you can do to make it a better experience for the two of you. I find that men often don't talk about these things, but times are changing, and I have heard of a lot more men taking charge and having conversations with younger men in their community who are getting married and having these conversations. Another thing, which for me is one of the most important, is prayer for the pregnant mothers around you. I believe that the bringing of life is such a divine and dangerous period, that they do need your help, they do need your prayers, and this is one of the most important ways for, to be there for them. Finally, for those of us in policy-making positions, actively think about this segment of society and the help they need. For us to change the direction of the society that we live in, we need to dream and plan and create solutions that ensure that we leave a better set of circumstances for those who come after us. That is what I have. Um, I hope that all of this will help you think and be there for somebody who's pregnant near you or even for yourself if you're pregnant, for you to think through and work through whatever it is that you need to to ensure that this is a better period and an easier period for yourself. Thank you for listening to the Healing Growth Podcast. Next episode, as I mentioned, will go more in-depth with the postpartum mental health conversation. You can find us on Instagram as healing.growth and on Facebook as Healing Growth. Thank you for listening and please share this podcast with your friends and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. My name is Saiton Riga. Bye-bye.